do against Imran Khan in his own residence. As we know, as I told you, even in my previous episode, that evidence was being planted and all. But thankfully, because Imran Khan already knew that they were up to no good. So he had not just invited the police uh, when uh, our illegal government made claims of uh, terrorists residing uh, in Imran Khan's place. Uh, Not only did he invite the police to come check over, but he also... Uh, insisted that the press was there to cover everything so he invited the journalists the media over as well and the journalists were not even allowed to enter the premises to talk to Imran Khan directly Um, and they were just outside and they in fact themselves had realized the urgency of the matter when they saw how the police had surrounded Imran Khan's place and everybody knew that um, that Finally, they were going to attempt something very, very big and very, very bad. So all the journalists were also actually a bit scared because, as we know, the media is censored. The mainstream media is censored and the government is trying its level best to control social media so that they can completely censor it as well. Uh, And so because of that, you know, the journalists were wondering how this was going to play out and what what, what script they were going to be given once the operation was over. But actually Imran Khan's move uh, where he calls in the journalists and people from the media from all over, which meant local and others, um, that is what actually helped because the fact that the police attempted to plant evidence in front of everybody, uh, that kind of backlashed, you can say, so against the police and against the, the so-called government. Because uh, how can you call yourself a government when the, pe- the people do not elect you? And you're a caretaker government at that. So what the hell are you doing when 90 days are over? So we actually right now, um, constitutionally speaking, Pakistan is right now government-less. So anybody who claims otherwise is a liar because as per constitution right now, we are supposed to be having elections and we haven't had them and all the governments have already fulfilled their term as caretaker governments. And so right now, Pakistan has no government, which is why um, this is the only country in the world you will see where the government is actually rebelling against the state (laughs) because the government isn't the government so it's rebelling against the constitution and the state as a pack of mobs and rebels well anyway back to the point um so the police uh couldn't do much because they were basically caught red-handed planting evidence and then they uh because the whole story as everybody already knew was that they were going to plant evidence they had planted uh petrol bombs and uh they had planted um weapons and the whole story that they wanted to create was that uh you know the 40 terrorists that they claimed were hiding in Imran Khan's home that they would have caught them and then they would make that as an even bigger pretext to arrest Imran Khan and probably even kill him in an encounter. 
So that saved Imran Khan's life. Uh, this was going to be their third assassination attempt on Imran Khan and third elimination attempt. So uh, that that kind of went wrong, that went awry. And even worse, because as we know, the, the members of the Nawaz Sharif's party, the Muslim League Noon Party, they are basically not even educated and they're all just there, you know, they're all crooked, they're all criminals, they're all just brought into the fold to serve the Sharif family and its purposes. And similarly, uh, Pakistan People's Party, which once had quite dignified, very, very highly educated people from very good backgrounds, um, now is filled up with loads of, um, again, criminals. And so the original party members have either left, some joined Imran Khan, some just retired. Um, some are part of the party only in name, but they actually are not active as such. They're very silent, they're quiet, they're as good as non-existent. So the newer members or the more active or proactive members of PPP are all that trash, really, that the original PPP uh, in Bhutto's time would never have even accepted. Um, so we've, uh, at the moment, that's where we stand, where uh, PPP and PMLN are concerned. As you know, PDM is a coalition of 12 parties, um, the fact that it needed 12 parties to uh, collaborate, to form a coalition, to form a cabinet or, you know, to be able to fill the seats in the parliament, that shows you what strength they each have. That shows you that PPP is all but finished. Its glory days were over immediately after the elections that Imran Khan won. In fact, uh, PMLN's days were over too. As I said, Imran Khan's biggest mistake was letting these people come back and take over the mainstream media to buy the media houses, to bribe them and to use them to their advantage, to spread hate, uh, incitement to threat, to blackmail the judiciary, the army, the establishment. So that was his big mistake because they were basically finished and he should have made sure that they were completely finished. So um, basically now, the leftovers of these two parties were not enough for them to form a government, even if the two of them joined hands. So they had to join hands with a total of 10 others. And they're all very small parties on their own, all of them now. None of them have the strength. Uh, so imagine that it took 12 parties uh, to form this coalition, uh, So, which they call themselves the PDM. Uh, which we call the terrorist organizations of Pakistan, because uh, that's what they basically excel at. Uh, so um, now Imran Khan is pretty much safe, but for how long, we don't know. And, and you know, the, the as I said, because the PML and people are basically not even qualified, and, uh, you know, they're just servants and slaves and touts of the Sharif family. So in one of them, can you can just see it by how one of them actually... <laughs> Uh, made a fool out of himself and the government when uh, and his name is Tariq Fazal Chaudhry right so when Kashif Abbasi who is one of our uh, other few renowned investigative reporters um, when he interviewed uh, them about uh, you know all this um, operation and everything and what they had come uh, what what they had actually brought out of it 
so tarik fazal chaudhry in his excitement you know he i mean they're so ill informed that shows how ill informed they are in his excitement you know he was like oh all the people that we have caught in zaman park all those terrorists that we have caught now they will tell you the story of how imran khan who had trained them and how he was behind them the leadership will tell you the story and kashif abasi was like what well, hold on hold on you've actually caught people i haven't heard of that and then uh, sayed talat hussain the self claimed a foreign policy commentator and self-claimed popular television personality who is basically again another mouthpiece of uh Nawaz Sharif's family um he suddenly came to his rescue to Tariq, to uh, to the rescue of Tariq Fazal Chaudhry saying that oh no actually they uh, have yet to be caught um he's talking about the other terrorist that they caught before you know those that were caught before and kashif started laughing and he was like yeah okay he just came to your rescue uh otherwise you know you would have you just made a huge gaff right there so um this is what is going on i mean this tells you uh how um everybody had got the script you know of what they were supposed to say but some of them sort of jumped the gun and read their script uh, way before time so uh basically at this point uh once uh, as we know they they did this before the elections um but that time the public was not deterred if you remember uh, although the american media tried to uh, basically not give enough coverage to the movement in pakistan prior to the elections the demand on one because they preferred to show hong kong because they were in a similar situation as pakistan but they preferred to show full coverage of hong kong because that was more towards the national interests of the us and uh pakistan's people rising for their rights was actually going against the uh, us uh, national interest so uh, they did not show full coverage but those in the social media have probably got a good idea of how the the people of pakistan literally flooded the streets never has this ever happened in history our people are too lazy to do anything and too selfish and too divided but imran khan was the one person who united everybody in the common cause of fighting for their rights fighting for a better life fighting to get rid of all these corrupt people who have been sitting on our heads for the past 40 years so that time you know the, they tried the same thing that is why we're so aware of how it is uh the you know bilawal and maryam nawaz and all of these people radas and all other they're behind everything that's going on today because they tried the same thing if you remember before elections rana sanawla actually got uh, a large number of people massacred in model town just to scare the public off uh, you know because the problem with these people is that they believe which is uh, to a large extent true that um decent people don't like to get involved with riffraff and in pakistan and india and such places in fact even in america and other countries politics is mainly left to the riffraff um so it's as we call it, it's muddy waters so um as we say only those of the uh, you know people like mobs and gang mobsters and gangsters only they uh 
you know, enter into politics because it's such a dirty game that anyone who is from a well, uh, a person who's, you know, uh, who comes from a, a decent family uh, cannot enter into politics because he cannot tolerate the amount of dirt and filth in the field. And it was uh, Imran Khan, as we know, he struggled for 22 years and the public has always been with him, but we never managed to gain that strength and momentum because the establishment, the faction of the establishment that is pro-US and anti-sovereign Pakistan was always um, in power because of all the US dollars flowing through to them, uh, either directly or indirectly or both, uh, through the politicians that have been... uh, you know, put above us, again, the PPP and the PMLN. So uh, the problem now here is that that because Imran Khan brought the public out and he made the public uh, active politically, it's not that we were not aware, the public was always aware, but yes, uh, uh, half the public was probably unaware. So First, his mission was to make every single person aware of exactly what is going on and then making the public understand that it is their right and their duty to be aware of what is going on. So that it's not just a few of us minorities who should think about the situation of the country, but everybody must think about the situation of their country, regardless of their socioeconomic status. It doesn't matter if you're poor or rich or educated or uneducated, you have the right to think about your country and to do something about it and to, uh, you know, fight for your rights and your freedom. So that is what he was all about. And that is why people who are normally divided uh, or very, very selfish uh, became one for this cause. And that time, again, Rana Sanola, as I said, he massacred the residents of Model Town. And uh, the army at that time didn't remember that this was terrorism against states. So it means it's okay to kill people. It's okay to kill the public. It's okay to commit mass murder. But, uh, you know, but it's not okay to criticize an institution. Here is where Qaeda Azam, you know, this is a, a slap in the face from 70 years back. You can, you know, just let's just say that the, the slap traveled through time and space for this moment because Qaeda Azam Muhammad Ali Jinnah who was known as the greatest leader ever to have been born because he achieved um, three tasks that no leader could ever achieve in the world one of them being uh, constitutionally creating a country without bloodshed so all the bloodshed that occurred occurred after Pakistan was uh, created Um, There was no bloodshed to create Pakistan. The bloodshed occurred after when India um, attacked all the people uh, who were traveling to Pakistan. And so the, you know, the fighting began. But, um, but yeah, to achieve a country uh, constitutionally on the map without fight, without bloodshed, no other leader has ever achieved that in the history of the world. And that is why Qaeda-e-Azam is known as the greatest leader in the world. And Qaeda-e-Azam, Muhammad Ali Jinnah said uh, one thing. He said that it's not the institutions that are meant to be respected, but the individuals, the people. So 
when these uh, when the people of the army and the establishment and the PDM keep on telling us that oh you know you insulted the institutions you have no right to go against the sanctity of the institutions so even in Islam actually it is sanctity is for life a living creature so life has sanctity an institution is not a living thing but it's made up of individuals so if you say that we should respect individuals it's understandable but if you say that we are we should be forced to respect an institution then that's wrong so jinnah made that very very clear and jinnah is the founder of pakistan so if you have a problem with the founder of pakistan go look for another country that's that's something that i always say to all those people who think they're being very philosophical if you have a problem with with the ideas and the philosophies of the person who created this country then please go to that country whose ideas and philosophies you love why did you enter into the most sensitive positions of this country to run this country to basically kidnap this country from its original philosophy and policies you know who gave you the right to kidnap a whole country and try to make it according to your philosophies and your policies please go and find another country or create one of your own and you can do as you please over there but don't try to hijack somebody else's country you know but then that is the sign of you know uh, fifth columnists and that is the sign of criminals uh, they can't do anything on their own so they can't cook so they'd rather eat the feast that's cooked by somebody else you know uh this is this is the fact behind our army our establishment and our bureaucratic machinery okay these people have or these institutions have hijacked our country for their purposes okay derailing it from its original purpose its original philosophy and its original policy so Uh, where we stand today is that as khaydazam said respect is not for the institution but for people but according to the pakistan army the so called self declared pakistan army because really whose army are they uh, according to them uh, it, there is no terrorism committed against the people of pakistan by uh, the pdm um, yesterday only the peshawar blast now that is again something that uh, that shows rana sanala at his finest because every single time why is it do tell me why is it that every single time that um, rana sanala comes into play we always very conveniently have terrorist incidents why why did we not have drone attacks and terrorism during imran khan's tenure of just 3 years and why is it that we had the largest number of drones uh in pakistan during zardari's tenure and why is it that we always have terrorism during nawashif's tenure why um since 911 you know these two governments have decided that oh because america could do that to its people it means you know we can use that i mean india has been doing it india has been doing a lot of false flag operations but the thing is that pakistani government never dared to do that before um and so the fact that they got the guts uh, you know to start with this 
uh, with this false flag operation pattern that the American government brought back into play and that they are now overusing it, you know, um, the kind of people that they are, you know, they're so excited that they keep on using this tactic over and over again of, of you know, uh, especially because now the army is under fire by the Pakistani public and they try to bring out rallies to, you know, the 12 parties, they brought out their people into the roads and brought out a rally two days ago saying, oh, or yesterday, I think, saying that, oh, we're with the army, the public is with the army, and the public was like, just in your face, you know, just shut up already. So the army is right now at its lowest point where the public is concerned. It has seen that no matter what it does or says, the public is only increasingly going against it. Which means that obviously, if your servant is pissing you off, one day you will have to fire your servant. So we might have to um, eliminate the whole institution, the army institution, and maybe start from scratch, create another more, uh, another more pro-Pakistani uh, institution that would actually work for the security of Pakistan rather than working with the traitors selling Pakistan out from underneath us. So the army is now uh, being made to do, uh, you know, anti-terrorist operations to gain the favor of the people. But actually, the people already know that it's all a facade, it's all a charade, it's all a drama. And so nobody gives two hoots, to be honest. Instead, people are criticizing them even more that, oh, yeah, so life has no meaning for you people, that you can just go out and kill anybody and call them terrorists. We don't even know if they're terrorists. We don't know if they're your people planted, if you actually killed them or not. And if you did kill them, that it means life um, is not sacred anymore for you, that you can use people as pawns, you know. So what's, what makes you different from any other, um, you know, criminal? Or what makes you different from uh, the PDM? Because for them too, life isn't sacred. So all this is, you know, uh, is just coming out now full force. Uh, so we have the police that is raping and beating up women and then taking videos of them and taking pictures of them nude so that they can be used by Maryam Nawaz. And this is an all under direct orders of Maryam Nawaz, by the way, a woman herself. So that they can use it in the future, like how they've been using... Um, such videos and pictures to threaten and blackmail judges and political personalities uh, before and people in the establishment too. So now uh, they're going to try and do that. I mean, it is the height of shamelessness in Islam. Even if you touch a woman's hair, she can attack you. And even if she kills you, that is self-defense. And over here, women are being subjected to this treatment by the same people who did this before the elections, as I keep on coming back to that, because before the elections, they tried to do all of this. But that time, the public did not back down. If anything, the public became more aggressive, more and more people spilled out. And they they literally overwhelmed um, the Sharif family's party and Zardari family's party. And that is how Imran Khan was made to win the elections. But obviously... The army and the um, Shri family and Sitari family, obviously, they still spoke the wheel 
and ensured that uh, PTI would not have the needed two-thirds majority uh, in order to truly function. And so this dogfight, you know, that has been going on since then, the minute he took premiership, uh, plans were made on how to remove him. America sent uh, messages saying that he needs to be removed, uh, you know, uh, I mean, from day one, America was against Imran Khan because if we remember before Imran Khan even won the elections, uh, we were getting messages from senators of America saying that he is so dangerous that if he comes back, he will prove to be the second Jinnah of Pakistan, which means that we will not be able to control the country. And we need to control the country in order to serve our interests. And but so when the public went against all that and for the first time stood for itself and brought Imran Khan to victory, um, now the Americans were shitting their pants and they were like, okay, so this is not good. Even though their trusted minions had already spoke the wheel in the government, but he managed to survive for three years. Now they were scared that if he finishes his term, he would be in the position to reconstruct the parliament as he wished to before. Uh, and create uh, a more balanced uh, government with a two-thirds majority. And this is why it was necessary for them to send their minions with full force, with full vengeance, and with a huge US dollar backing to oust him illegally. And we all know America. Um, they attack, and then when people... When it backlashes, then they pretend to be innocent and they pretend to be bystanders and they're like, oh, we were never involved. Oh, we don't know. Oh, we're with you. They pretend to be with the victim that they just uh, stabbed. So, yeah, people are not interested in America's views or all we know is that the America and the UK have been meddling uh, with our politics and with our country for a long time and it needs to stop. And Imran Khan was the one person who could really put a stop to it. He was uh, removing Pakistan from all that. Um, and he was trying to make it once again a neutral country. And that is why, actually, their mothers died. That is why the American establishment and the UK establishment uh, suddenly started shitting their pants. Because they were like, oh my god, that, that's not good for us. We need our colony back. And as we know, you can never invade a country without a mole on the inside. Uh, you have to have traitors on the inside in order to take control of the country. And Pakistan has a, a multitude of sellouts. As I said, this country was already taken over by traitors. And it is their descendants uh, who are now again amongst us. So when you've already infiltrated a country with traitors, who have given birth to more traitors, who in turn have given birth to more traitors. That's like at least three to four generations of traitors right here. And what do you expect? It's going to be a very, very long struggle, uh, and the country doesn't really have much of a future, to be honest. Uh, and they all know it. They all know it that if Imran Khan is no longer here, then the country will be plunged into darkness. And that is why it is their duty and mission to eliminate him. So let's see what happens next, uh, because as I said, these tactics were used of violence, of agitation before the election, but people had overwhelmed them. And it 
you know, backfired and he still won the elections, then they continued these tactics during his, uh, his uh, premiership. And obviously that's how it built up uh, towards ousting him. And now again, when the people are coming out, so before the people could actually fully come out, this is where, you know, they did exactly what I kept on saying they would do. I kept on saying that it is necessary for the people to come out in droves and simultaneously surround and attack them. Why? Because if not, then the public will be subjected to violence. If you're going to have a few protesters in the beginning, then you're going to be subjected to violence. They will have the upper hand and then they will take control of the narrative. And that is exactly what happened. Because the people did not suddenly flood the streets the way they did when Imran Khan was ousted, because they were still now wondering if should they should or shouldn't, because the last time they did that, Imran Khan actually stopped them, if you remember. When they flooded the streets in anger and protest, Imran Khan stopped them because he feared violence. So this time now, the people did not really know what to do. And, and you know, so protest began, but we had a few thousand here, a few thousand there, and that is not good, because when you have a few thousand here and a few thousand there, then that is... That is exactly what the government wants to control the situation. And that is how the government they planted agitators amongst them. And they told them, they gave them actual directions that you would go there, incite violence. And if they don't get incited enough, do it yourself. You know. So as I said, uh, the one question that I had for the core commander, which now many people are also asking, is how is it that they you know they emptied the whole place and let the people in the people have been walking from liberty it takes two two and a half hours to walk all the way there so how is it that you know the uh, they were they were tear gassed in liberty and they were literally pushed towards this side by the police and then when they came to this side there was nothing nobody to stop them and also my question which i'm i'm, I'm really wondering why nobody else has asked my question is why was there all why was there already a camera rolling inside the core commander's house? Um, how did they already know that people were supposed to come and attack the house? How did they already know that? I don't know. <clears throat> you know, and Etzaz uh, Hassan picked uh, up the same points as well. He, mind you, is one of the very very well-renowned personalities who was once uh, part of the original People's Party members. And he, like many of the other original party members that I mentioned, left People's Party. The two, the two other very, very important and big personalities of the People's Party that left People's Party and joined Imran Khan are Shah Mahmood Qureshi and Baba Ravan. All these three are extremely highly qualified people, well versed, uh, well versed in the law. Sorry, my mouth is a bit dry. And they are uh, well versed in the constitution of Pakistan and they are seasoned veterans in the field of politics. And two of them are lawyers, Atizaz Hassan and Baba Rahman are actual lawyers as well. And Baba Rahman is also in the legal team of Imran Khan. And Atizaz Hassan, uh, you know, he was also picking out the same points as per criminal law, you know. Uh, the same points that we have all, all of us who have studied the law are, have been picking up on. First of all, um, the incitement. Uh, incitement to violence or provocation is, is a crime. 
so they are trying to uh, now this is where i don't know it hasn't actually come to this point i don't know why but i will make this point if Imran Khan is supposed to take responsibility for all the violence that ensued after he was arrested and had no way to communicate with anybody, then Nawaz Sharif, who's sitting in England, needs to be responsible for all the violence and all the illegalities committed by his party and the PDM. Okay, because if Imran Khan should be made to pay for whatever happened after his arrest, then Nawashif sure as hell has to pay for whatever his daughter and his people have been doing here. From murder to kidnap to rape to blackmail to threat. Okay, um, to terrorist activities like the Peshawar blast. Okay, so yes. Nawashif has to be brought to justice for this then. This is my point. Um, when it comes to provocative statements and incitement, again, I keep on asking. I've been asking this for like three years now. Why hasn't anybody charged Maryam Nawaz and Rana Sanaullah and the illegitimate Maryam, Maryam number two? Why hasn't anybody charged these people for hate speech, provocation of violence, incitement to violence, incitement to murder, and actual murder and attempted murder, okay, um, and uh, why haven't these people been brought to justice for terrorism against the state, against the people, for violation of human rights, for illegally uh, surveilling other political rivals, using the army and the ISI illegally when they didn't even have a post, when they were not as such part of the government. Um, and in what capacity was the ISI and the army um, listening to them and following their directives and their orders? So the army needs to be court-martialed as well because this is treason. This is high treason. This is not just treason. This is high treason. Um, similarly, the faction of the establishment that has been involved in all this must be executed, charged and executed for, again, high treason, treason against the state, right? And then the government right now, the illegal government, uh, has violated the constitution by not conducting the elections. 90 days have passed. They are still sitting in their seats. It is illegal because right now the state is technically, constitutionally, government-less. So on what basis is the establishment accepting that? And the on what basis has are they still allowed to conduct violent activities and operations against the people of Pakistan when they actually have no position anymore in Pakistan as per the constitution? And why is it that the army did not talk about uh, vandalism of court, the violation of the sanctity of court? Why is it that this has not been brought in uh, to, uh, you know, in, into the act, the terrorism act? Why is it that they have not arrested these people for a terrorism and for threatening the court, for threatening the judges? for uh, inciting murder, again, of the judges, 
and uh, threatening the judges and their families' lives. And if you remember, it was Maryam Nawaz who said that we will go into their homes and we will burn them alive and we will burn their homes down and we will burn their families down. How is it that she stood standing and nobody has arrested her? And it's so strange, isn't it, that Maryam talks about burning down the judges' homes and the next day you have people very conveniently burning down buildings. Whose idea was it? I mean, come on, we're not stupid. So you're talking about burning down the judges' homes and then when you couldn't burn down their homes, you decided to go and burn down buildings uh, related to your army or buildings related to the state. I mean... That, that is what I'm saying that, you know, the PMLN are so stupid. You know, they literally tell you what it is that they're going to do and then they go and do it. And they think you're going to believe them when they say, oh, we didn't do it, somebody else did it. I mean, how stupid are you, seriously? Anyway, so this is it for me for now. Um, and I'll be back as soon as I get something more. Never have I had to talk so much. Well... Everybody, wherever you are, um, stay safe, stay healthy, stay blessed. Khuda Hafiz.